order to understand the basis of Scripture, we must place ourselves in the context from which they were written. As the Scriptures confirm, there is power of life and death in the tongue, and in order for us to overstand the words spoken, we must acquire a superior knowledge which comes from the Creator, Most High, the Beneficent, the Most Merciful. This podcast is dedicated to the seeking of knowledge, the reading of written word, and the understanding of the will of the Most High Creator of the ends of the universe. May He forgive me if I do or say anything wrong. Welcome to an Overstanding Word podcast, where we discuss context of scripture in order to overstand the words within for intended applications thereof. I'm your host, Nakia Anderson, and welcome to this journey that we shall take together. episode from James chapter 2. James describes how you treat people determines a whole lot about the blessings or the faith that you have or who you say you are. And in this episode, I want to talk about the treatment of people. This episode is going to come to us by way of 1 Peter chapter 3. And I want to start with relationships. So we want to talk about relationship in this. See, as James 2 described, you know, let's say that you've got a rich person that comes into your sanctuary and a poor person that comes into your sanctuary and you give the rich person a seat up front in the sanctuary but you tell the poor person oh you can stand over there to the side or you can sit on the floor that is a sinful way to treat people and so as we continue our journey forward i want you to overstand the importance of treating people so let's dive in to this episode of first peter chapter three For context, I want you to understand the purpose of why Peter is writing this particular letter. Now, Peter was one of the first apostles that was chosen. So if you go back and you look at the historic context of this, yeah, Peter was one of the first to become an apostle, right? And in his letter, he writes several things, but he talks about some of these few main themes of, you know, the gift of salvation. He talks about the calling as God's holy people. He talks about how those that call themselves Christos or Christians should live in times of suffering, right? He talks about humility and service. And then he talks about the blessings that come as a result of the things that he's laying out in his letter. So I wanted to provide that context because that is important as we dive into what is the third chapter of the book of Peter. Now, as I always encourage, please do yourself a favor and go in and look at the chapters that are before as well as the chapters that come after the reading that's going to come today from Peter, 1 Peter chapter number And it begins like this. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure 
and reverent lives. Verse 3, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, and beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. That deserves a pause there. In these days and times, we've become so obsessed with the vanity that comes from an outward appearance that our hearts have become so evil and corrupted. This is led to the things that we see that are plaguing our land today. We are more focused about an image than we are on it is how you treat people that shows a true testament to the God that is inside of you. And he even says here, Peter says, even if you refuse to obey the good news, these things speak without any words. So how you treat people speaks. Don't concern yourself with the outward appearance. Look, God made each one of us unique and beautiful in his way, in his likeness. So why is it that we are so obsessed with changing how God has chosen to have us show up? Well, one could argue that is because of self-hatred. One could argue that is because of a lack of love. One could also argue that it is because of the pressures of life. All of these things are factors that are true. But when you come into the overstanding of how precious you are in the sight of your creator who created you for a specific purpose, you can then walk in that purpose. Let's continue. Verse five, this is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husband might do. Verse seven, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Notice what is what, what he's saying here. James is telling you, husbands, give honor to your wives. Lend your ear towards understanding as you live together because you are equals in God's gift of new life. In other words, it takes two parts to create new life. It takes an egg and it takes a seed in order to create new life. And when they come together, this is God's gift. So treat her as you should because every person that is born, every person that has listened to this podcast came through the womb of a wall man. So treat her as you should. That way, your prayers will not be hindered. I had to learn this the hard way. People, I had to learn this the hard way. See, your wife is a reflection of yourself. So it goes back to what is laid out in James 2, Matthew 19 and 19, Matthew 22, where it talks about, Love thy neighbor as thyself. Treat your wife as you would treat yourself. So the things you do and you say to your wife, are they the things you would do and say to yourself? Come on, people. Come on. Let's continue. Verse 8. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. 
That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. For the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. For the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. So what do you think happens to a person who doesn't do right by his wife? In the same manner that he does unto his wife, he does to his own self. Therefore, he returns back to his own vomit. As it says in the scripture, a dog returns to his own vomit in Proverbs. He returns back to his own self. He does a deed to his own self when he's doing evil towards his own wife. Verse 13. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? That is the question of the day. Who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Yahashua as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. See, what he's saying is you have to walk in the way of Yahashua. In the previous episode, we talked about the fact that according to two or three different places in Scripture and the Gospels, we see Yahashua responding with, love thy neighbor as thyself. So that tells you how you should treat others. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Yahshua. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. See, what you have to realize is that Yahshua suffered a terrible death, even though he did right. And guess what was attributed to him as a result of that? He gained life. He was able to break away from the chains of death that have tried to encircle and encapsulate all of us. What are they telling us in today's modern days and times? They're telling us that, hey, fear us, fear death, fear all these different things. But guess what? Yahashua didn't walk in fear. He walked in the spirit, power, and authority of the Most High God, creator of the ends of the universe. He knew his creator and did his will, not his own will, even until death. And as a result of that, that gained him the victory. So understand when they persecute you, when they say these things about you, as long as you are doing good, your reward will come. It may not come exactly when we want it to, but I promise you this, your reward will be with you. Let's continue forward on our journey. Verse 18, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Those who disobeyed God long ago, when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat, only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. 
it is effective because of the resurrection of Yahshua. Now, Yahshua has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. That is the end of the reading of first Peter chapter number three. So let's digest a little bit of what we've read and the journey that we've taken so far. We must recognize that even though the media speaks out against you, the body of Christ speaks out against you, your coworkers speak out against you, your so-called friends speak out against you, and even family members speak out against you. When you set your heart to do that which is righteous, that which is good, none of what they say, none of what they speak, no tongue that rises can get to you. It is laid out beautifully here in First Peter chapter three. If we connect this to James chapter two, where we discuss the example, the faith and the doing that comes as a result of the faith. If we continue to do those deeds, which are good deeds, there is no law against those good deeds. Lord willing, our next journey will take us into Galatians five. This is one of my favorite scriptures so I really hope that you will tune in and listen to the message and share the journey with others. Because in Galatians 5, one of the reasons why I say it's my favorite scripture is because it gives you a clear cut definition of the things, the deeds that you can do that are that of righteousness and those deeds that are that of the flesh. Now, we know that the flesh is in opposition of the righteousness or the spirit, right? So we should strive to do more within the spirit and as it mentions here right christ suffered death physical death but yet he was raised to life in the spirit so we should raise ourselves above the words and the tongues that speak out against us and the wrong deeds that these people are trying to continue to convince us to do as you look in the media they're trying to convince you at every turn to do these deeds that are not that of righteousness so as we continue to move forward, we should move forward in the spirit. And so Galatians 5 gives us a perfect example. Paul's works in his letter sent to the Galatians is beautiful in it laying out what are those deeds that James mentions that we can do that show our faith. So thank you for listening. May this message bring you reverence, re revelation, and the power of knowing that you are secure in the bosom of the Most High God. Thank you for listening.